Y'all know makeup is not my thing, okay? I am an everyday girl and I try, but I don't know what I'm doing. But the lip bar has everything I need to still look beat, even if I don't know what I'm doing. Visit thelipbar.com and use the code Maggie, that's M-A-G-G-I-E, to save 10% on your next purchase. What do you have to lose? My name is Maggie and I just happen to be black. All right. Welcome back to the Black Maggie podcast. Um, This episode is really special. Um, We get a chance to talk to someone that I've known forever. Right. Um, But I I really wanted you all to hear his story as it pertains to healing, because that's what this season is all about. Um, To kind of get you inspired to kind of dig deeper um, within yourself in times of adversity or in scary times um, and come up with something amazing. So I want to introduce to you author Eric J. Falk. Welcome to the show. Wow, thank you very much. Uh, I'm happy to be here and glad you got me here. Thanks. So, um, So tell the people a little bit. So we met in the Navy, right? Yes. So tell the people a little bit about, um, I guess, the, the part of your story that brings you to your writing. Well, how I began writing was kind of, kind of, you know, not even trying to even be in, on that level at all. Uh, I was deployed overseas on the, on the boat, on the ship, the uh, aircraft carrier. I was administration, so I had nothing but a lot of time on my hands at some, many points. Because I worked nights. At a certain point, there's nothing else to do. So, you know, I was married then. So I was just, you know, write what was going on in my head to my ex-wife. And, you know, just, you know, I'm thinking about you. This is what I dreamed about, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And the re- reply that I got back wasn't as enthusing as what I was writing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was crazy or oh you stupid. So I'm like, come on, man, give me a little bit more than that. Now I need a little bit more than that. So uh I still had these thoughts in my head, these, these ideas in my head. So I just started, you know, typing them on the computer. But I wasn't doing nothing, no format, no nothing, just raw paragraphs. And I had a, a fellow shipmate walk by one day and he was reading over my shoulder and he was like, Man, wait, what is this? I said, you know, just the stuff I had in my head. And he was like, man, I, I can actually see what you're talking about in my head. You need to do something with this. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, so time went on. Uh, I talked to my mom. My mom, when she was still alive, I talked to her about it. And she was like, you know, if it's something that somebody said that you have a talent for, you might want to pursue it. Because she remembered all the little poetries and stuff like that. I used to write to girls while I was in high school and stuff. You know, that wasn't nothing. I was just trying to do something, you know. But, you know, that's how it came along. And then finally, after my mom passed away, I figured I needed to do something with it because she always encouraged me to do more with my writing. And, you know, I, you know this is this, this book I have out now, which is called When She's Fed Up, is actually my fifth book, you know. Uh, the other ones I wrote just to get them out of my head and have something to do. I really didn't promote them or do anything serious with them. 
uh, it was just something to do. Say something to say I, I did. Another feather in my hat. But when after my back surgery, I had back surgery and had a bad relationship that ended me in jail and all this stuff and you know, a lot of crazy stuff happened in my life. I was like, man, I better get serious on something. And then, you know, God started to tell me something. And I think, I thought that writing was that something. And now I know it's that something. Okay. So let's, let's back up a little bit. Because I feel like you told us a whole lot in that short amount of time. Hey, you know, I got stories for days. Uh, you know, my <laughs> So let's start with um, the back surgery. Let's let's hold the conversation. Yes, ma'am. Marathon that you went on um, in that time frame because I remember like some of those conversations about how it was really important for you to get out your work. Um, so let's talk about that time for a little bit. Back surgery. Oh, that was horrible, um, and it was horrible because at the, the the year before the surgery my body starts to deteriorate. And I was going to the VA hospital and they couldn't find nothing wrong with me. But I'm like, hey, my legs are feeling numb and I can't walk, you know what I'm saying? I'm using a cane, but I'm always been an athletic, healthy person. So the long, more and more the, the uh, year went on, the, the worse my, my body became you know, deteriorated. So finally, like, and this is why I messed up too, like, the side story to that too, where I tried to finish my associates and bachelors at the same time because I thought I was going to die, and I wanted my daughter to know I did something important in my life. So, but I ended up, ended up making myself fail some classes. But anyway, um, so a year after all this stuff began, they finally did a MRI on my back, and they saw that I had a growth on my back on my spinal cord. And I was putting pressure on my spinal cord, and that's what was giving me the uh, the problems. So, I go about about three days later, they had me in emergency surgery. And during that time, you know, I didn't know during time, you know, that was actually a lonely time in my life too, because I was at the hospital by myself, and I chose not to tell my daughter about the surgery and stuff because I didn't want her to worry. But now I know that's a, that was a mistake because. They said I almost died because I lost too much blood. And she, I would have been dead. She wouldn't have known until I was already dead what happened to dad. So, you know, a lot of turmoil and regret and, you know, comes from this, that whole experience of uh, the back surgery, you know. I, I was, I, I suffered from depression. I did. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, from knowing me that I was a very borderline arrogant person, you know, before all that stuff happened. And even after the surgery, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the psychiatrist told me, I don't know if I was doped up or whatever. You know, and I told her that I was one level less than Jesus and I was the best piece to slice bread. And I'm not just you know, any, any toast, I'm Texas toast compared to everybody else. This is after I have the surgery and stuff, you know what I mean? So apparently I didn't learn my lesson and God had to teach me another one because he made my wound get infected. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back into surgery again for them to cut off the, the, 
cut out the infection. And then that's when I told God, okay, I'm missing now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And my mood has been changed ever since. Right. But so you never got to the mar- to the writing marathon because that's the story that I really want to hear. Okay. So I already knew I had you know, the talent and ideas in my head. I had written stuff already. But with that experience, it was like, what are you doing? You're wasting time. You know, it was kind of like, hey, God gave me this talent and it's for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started getting serious with the writing and starting to dive into it because I figured if I don't start doing something with it, I'm not going to be here anymore. Mm. That's a that's something to say. So, you know, uh, and then I had you know, with that, you know, I didn't feel like I, I would, like, because I had the corona. I got the corona and pneumonia at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was strike two, I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that's two. Like, you better get it together, you know what I'm saying? So now, I'm 100% in, now, you know what I mean? Because you know how when you try to teach a kid how to swim, they, they stick their toe in and back it out. They stick their toe in and back it out. You know, that's why I was doing my writing. And after all this stuff goes on, you gotta you gotta take you gotta take these signs. You gotta take these signs. And am I am I yeah, I guess I guess what you're trying to get at, am I am I totally healed? Um, no, I'm not. Um, you know, because this I can't even look at the scar. Uh, it, no, it's a good thing about it is on my back because I don't have to look at it. Yeah. And uh, I actually haven't seen it in years. I haven't looked at it in years. It's been a couple of years since I looked at it. So I'm still um, living like it happened, but it didn't happen, if that makes sense. It does. It does. But I think, I think out of it came... Um, some motivation, right? To pursue your passions and your dreams. And so while it still is a hurtful thing, right? And it was a scary thing that like it it birthed good things, right? Because we got some amazing stories. So I'm going to tell yes. you, I have purchased every single book. I have to finish this last one. But the ones before... um it's just a good read, right? So in the time frame, I feel like, so before social media, kids, right? <laughs> when when uh, the elder millennials wanted to converse with one another, uh, they would send emails. And in the Navy, like everybody just stayed connected. And so you were actually stationed um, with my friend from A school. And, um, and we, so like people would just send like groups of emails to one another um, just to be like, oh, did you see this? The same way that people write on each other's walls on Facebook. It was that same kind of thing then. And um, I feel like that group email turned into like a bunch of people like holding conversations with one another. And you actually sharing some of your writing 
um, like with the people in that group and like giving people an opportunity to kind of uh, see the early stages of your talent. And so I'm just really glad that, you know, you were able to find the motivation to pursue it. I hate that it, that it was what it was. Right. But um, I'm glad that the world gets to share in your gifts. Well, you know, I, I think that because of the, the attitude and the mind frame I had, it had to happen that way. Because like, I, I really did believe that I was all that. I really did. And the stuff that I was doing was taken away from where my focus was supposed to be. So, you know, you know, not to get too religious or anything, but, you know, God had to sit me down. And, you know, when you got a hard head and a hard spirit, you, you can't make that person sit down right, you know. Um, I think the first, the first hint was with the death of my mind, you know. And, you know, when that happened, I worked on it a little bit more, but I didn't do more, you know. Right. And then it, it, I had to sit down. I had to sit down like, okay, well, you know, I don't know if I can say this without any problems or nothing like that. Um, but um, I thought I was Mr. Penis Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I thought I was all that. With, you know, I, thought, I thought I was dude. I thought I was that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why I hung my hat was being a lazy man and could, you know, Mr. Stroke, you know what I mean? So, God was like, hey, okay, well, you know, I'm going to take your stroke away from you and see what happens then. Who are you now? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I get from it. Like, I'm going to take everything that you glorified in yourself away from you. I'm going to take your athletic ability. I'm going to take your uh, your sex game, quote unquote, that you think you got, you know what I'm saying? I'm um, uh, take your ability to uh, court women on a massive level. I'm gonna take all that away and then see what you do then. You know what I'm saying? Are you finally gonna give in to what I'm trying to make? You no, know, make you do the talent I gave you and pursue that. Or are you gonna crumble? And I chose not to crumble. So, well. I'm grateful for you sharing your story with us today. Um, I feel like this is the first season that's had any male uh, guests on it besides the producer. And so I appreciate you uh, coming on this show. Hey, I ain't going to speak to the producer. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, Tony. Look, he's... I ain't never supposed to. <laughs> he's sitting on the other side of the room. He's um, But no, I... <laughs> I think that that's probably a, the most powerful word because I'm going to tell you, writing and thinking about um, maintaining a lifestyle and thinking about taking care of people and all of that, it's hard to see the way to do that and still have like funds, right? Like, you know what I mean? Writing takes so much time right. from you. And it's just like, if you got a lot of hustle in you or if you got a lot of move around in you, it, you know, it's hard to say like, okay, I'm just going to give into this thing that can eat up my whole day and like see what it does. 
So it was a it was risky. Um, yeah, and the bad thing about it was that I'm a hundred percent person, uh, and I hate myself about it, but I love myself about it. Like if I'm a, if I'm in a relationship, I'm in a hundred percent with that, and everything else hurts. You know what I mean? Like everything else hurts. But if I'm writing, then my relationship hurts. Everything else hurts. You know what I mean? So I gotta, I still have to learn how to be that 50, 50 person that can do both. But still at the time, I'm still that 100 person. And either I'm 100% in or 100% out. And I don't like that about myself, but it does give me the focus to do what I handle, what I need, needs to be handled, but it also hurts in other areas. So, mm-hmm. ah. Crazy. So the producer calls that he says that I'm black and white, right? Like it either is or it ain't. And I think that we yes. we talk about growth, right? I think that is the one area that I have put. Well, I've had to put so much focus on because this quarantine sat me down, like you said in your story, right? Like the sit you down. <laughs> down? Yeah. Huh? I can't go anywhere. I can't, you know what I mean? And it's that, okay, so focus on the things that, you know, that you know that you enjoy doing, that you actually have a passion for. And it's funny, because I know, like, we we both kind of, like, tipped into writing over the years. And it's funny how, um, like, you have, like, a, a writer's mind about a lot of different things, right? So it's like you you glean from people, like, people become muses, people become, you know, inspiration, and it's just, like, some relationships in terms of, like, friendships and people that you meet is, like, I am really interested in finding out more about you because I see a character in you, right, or I see a a, a thing in you, I don't know, but I, I think that um, it's just interesting to say, like, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go all in because... Right life is something else. <laughs> it's scary because, you know, I had a good job at MEPS. You know what I mean? I'm working at MEPS. I'm making good money. But I was like, this is not leading to me to where I ultimately want to go. You know what I mean? So I had to, I, it was hard because, you know, I got bills and responsibilities. <laughs> dog, stop. Quiet, dog. Um, <laughs> So I got bills and responsibility, but at the end of the day, uh, I had to do it. I had to step out, you know. But now I'm a full-time lift driver writer. <laughs> so I got, I got that time to write now because I'm a full-time lift driver. You know what I mean? So. Nice. Well, I mean, I thank you for coming on the show. And give us the name of your book again. Oh, my book is called When When She's Fed Up. Uh, women will love it. Guys will appreciate it. Uh, but mainly, this is for the women. I, I was I was I've been waiting to write a book where I could put my stuff into the woman's mind frame since I was a kid. Because I grew up with two older sisters and a mom. You know what I'm saying? And you might as well say I got a woman's mind because of that. So. All the stories I heard and the attitudes and all that good stuff, I was waiting to put that into a book in my perspective. Perspective, you know what I'm saying? And it was fun. Um, had a lot of twists and turns. <laughs> you're you're going to be surprised every time you turn a page. 
Awesome. And so what's the best place for um, people to go and purchase that? Well, the best place will go, you know, Amazon, you know, only I do is put my name in there, Eric James Fox in the search. Uh, my my uh, the page will pop up and it will have all my writings on the page. And some I even have on Kindle. Uh, one of these days when I learn to love my voice, uh, I'm going to do some audio books, but until I learn to love my voice, that ain't going to happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm voice here. I mean, you know, you can hire people. I, I don't have. <laughs> well, you know, if I can't get more of Freeman, I need to do it myself, you know. I thought you were beyond. Maybe, maybe James Earl Jones. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> ass, right? But you just said. Now you got to go get top of the top. Uh, All right. I see it. But, but their voices are so smooth. Their voices just calm you down. You know what I'm saying? Even even when she 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 actually she killed the dude, you know what I'm saying, on accident. You know what I'm saying? Uh Morgan Freeman will smooth it out for you so it don't feel like it's that bad. <laughs> Was that a spoiler? Do we need to say spoiler alert for that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be you know, hey, hold on now. It's gonna be a lot of killing, so I ain't spoiled nothing. You know? oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good to know. So it's a female thriller. You know, it's a female thriller. She's fed up. You know what I'm saying? Fed up, she's thrilling, she's killing. You know what I'm saying? She's doing it all. <laughs> thriller, she's a killer. All right. Well, everyone, <laughs> when I tell you, like, go go cop everything that's on his page for real, because he has an interesting perspective that he puts on his writing that it's just it's worth the time for real. Um, so make sure you cop that. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Maggie podcast. Eric, thank you so much for being on here with us. We appreciate it. And we'll catch y'all next time. I know that everybody's been looking for something fun to do that is social distance. Um, but I think that skateboarding and getting on wheels is probably one of the best things that has happened to my quarantine life. Visit PropernaR, that's P-R-O-P-E-R-G-N-A-R.com. And save 10% when you use the code Maggie and get your social distance life, okay?